0: Today on Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach.
1: The very first trap that the devil set right back in the Garden of Eden, you remember that very first trap that he set was he told Eve, in essence, I'm paraphrasing, but he told her, God's holding out on you. God is ripping you off. He knows that fruit that he told you not to eat. He knows how delicious it is. He knows how wonderful it is. He knows what it's gonna do for you. And so he doesn't want you to have it. I'm paraphrasing a lot, but that's basically what the devil said, the serpent said to Eve in the garden. And it's the same trap that he's still using to mess people
0: up today. Oh, how the devil lies to us. In today's message, Pastor Robert reminds us that every good and perfect gift comes to us from God. And yet the devil lies to us and tells us that God is holding out on us. God doesn't want us to have what is really best for us. The only thing worse than the devil lying to us is that we too often believe him. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. But first... Here's Pastor Robert in the book of James, chapter 3, verse 13, with today's study.
1: Meekness is great strength, great power under control. He said, if there's not strength, there can't be meekness. Then it is just weakness, right? If you're just weak, you can't be meek. There's no strength to put under anybody's control. Meekness, great strength, great power, but submitted, under control. The Bible says that your conduct reveals whether or not you've truly learned to trust the Lord Jesus. Let me say that again. The Bible says that your conduct demonstrates whether or not you've learned to really trust Jesus. So I grew up thinking, you know, trust Jesus, trust Jesus. That's that's cliche. You know, it it was a, a figure of speech, I trusted Jesus when I was 11 years old. No, I didn't. I got baptized. I joined the church, but I didn't learn to trust Jesus until I was in my mid-twenties. I'm still learning to trust him. Because, see, we're talking about something real. We're talking about something that's not a figure of speech. Jesus rose from the dead. He's alive. You can trust him. You must trust him. He's trustworthy. This is not a figure of speech. This This is real. Let me ask you, as a general rule, do you calmly submit your plans to him? Or do you just charge ahead and do whatever you think you ought to do and and hope that he's got your back? As if the Bible says, here, come, let me follow you. Is that what the Bible says? That's not what it says, right? The Bible says, no, we're supposed to follow Jesus. Many times we live as though he's following us. Like, we're the ones in the lead. Like we make the decisions, we make the plans, and we charge ahead, and you know, every now and then we glance back, hoping he's still somewhere back there, and if something goes wrong, we can cry out to him to fix it, we all do this to a certain extent. And when we do, who pays the consequences? We do! Another one, I, I got so tickled last night as I was trying to go to sleep, I'm reading this little booklet, you know, Dr. Wilder Smith, and he's talking about the fact that, I would never thought about it this way, he, but he talked about the free will that we have, right? We have the freedom to choose to trust God or not. We have the freedom to choose to do it his way or not. And Wilder Smith pointed out, "You know what we don't have with our free will? We don't have the freedom to dictate the consequences of our actions. No, those are preset. Well, you want to live in rebellion against God? You're going to suffer. And maybe others. Other people might as well. He doesn't suffer for my stupidity. I suffer" for my stupidity, my children may suffer, my wife may suffer, my parents may suffer. See, so many times we forget that he's trying to help us, he's trying to bless us, he's given us a book with all this information in it, with all of these principles, with all of these precepts. He's actually given us a book that tells us how he set all this up, that tells us clearly in black and white, There will be consequences for your rebellious choices. There will be negative consequences if you choose to do things without consulting your father first, because there's stuff you don't know. James talks about it, the arrogance, when we say, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And and he says, you don't know what tomorrow holds. You're not God. He says, what you should say is, if that's his plan, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I think this is what the Lord wants me to do. If it's His will, then that's what's going to happen. In other words, meekness, submitted. One of my classmates, when I was in Youth of the Mission, when I was in training in Youth of the Mission, 1985, he was 19 years old. I was only 26 at the time. 19 year olds, you know, pulls me aside and he says, Robert, you know, I'm really struggling with this thing about following Jesus and, and, being led by the Holy Spirit. Do you think it's a sin for me to make plans? And I laughed. Of course not. I mean, I realized he's really struggling with this. And I said, no, it's not a sin to make plans. Of course not. We need goals. We need plans. But we need to be asking God to direct us in making those plans. Do you understand the meekness of wisdom? To just. Come to him and say, okay, Father, this is what I think I should be doing, but I've made mistakes in the past, so would you help me out here? I mean, show me, Lord, if this if this is not your best, you and I need to live in the meekness of wisdom. Show me what to do, Father. I know what I think I should do, but show me what I should do. Direct me. And listen, I'm not talking about being all mystical and and sitting around waiting until you, you know, hear some audible voice, go to Miami. (laughs) You might have that happen, but you might not, right? And people do get kind of paralyzed waiting for some mystical experience that never comes, right? What I'm talking about, listen to me, I've had, listen, I've had that, not the audible voice thing, But I've had it happen where he spoke so clearly to my heart that I just knew that I knew that I knew that it was God. It happened. But I realized it doesn't always happen. And that I can trust him to lead me if I ask him to whether I feel it or not. You see what I'm saying? I don't have to wait around, you know, to feel goosebumps. Oh, I just got goosebumps. I don't get that many goosebumps. I'm hot natured. I don't usually get goosebumps. If I get them, it's because I'm standing under an air vent not because the Holy Spirit just came on me. I'm serious because a lot of times we go looking for something, something mystical and we have this idea that it's gotta be a certain way, and, or, you know, and, and, and so we misinterpret emotion for the Holy Spirit. And so when it does happen and we get this emotional experience, we think that was God and we go driving off into a ditch. Do you see what I'm saying? No, 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 no. But if you will ask him And acknowledge that you need him to lead you and guide you and direct your steps. And keep looking to him. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will direct your steps. He'll keep you out of the ditches if you keep your eyes on him. I realized at one point years ago, you know, I needed to stop waiting on the mystical experiences. But I needed to be very diligent about asking for his guidance. And trusting him to guide me. Another thing, you know, this passage tells us that a person who trusts the Lord and, and lives in that meekness of wisdom that, you know, submitted from the heart to his plan, we won't struggle all the time with envy and self-seeking. Now, again, please hear me. I'm not saying you'll never struggle with envy or self-seeking. You don't stop being human. I mean, I, just this morning, you know, I, I have to get up here and teach this stuff. It deals with me first, you know, going for my morning walk this morning. It wasn't a run, it was a walk. But just having a conversation with the Lord, you know. I deal with this. I deal with this where I'm more focused on me than on him. More focused on me than on you. I don't think that's the mark of my life anymore. It used to be. In other words, I'm not the only person I think about. I'm not the... Primary person I think about and focus upon. Do you understand the difference that I'm making? He says in this passage that if you're living in the meekness of wisdom, it won't mark your life either. Envy and self-seeking. You won't be continually battling that. Do you realize God has promised to give you every good gift? Every good gift. You know, the the very first trap that the devil set right back in the Garden of Eden, you remember that very first trap that he set was he told Eve, in essence, I'm paraphrasing, but he told her, God's holding out on you. God is ripping you off. He knows that fruit that he told you not to eat. He knows how delicious it is. He knows how wonderful it is. He knows what it's gonna do for you. And so he doesn't want you to have it. I'm paraphrasing a lot, but that's basically what the devil said, the serpent said to Eve in the garden. And it's the same trap that he's still using to mess people up today. That somehow if you just trust God with all that you are and all that you have, you're going to get ripped off. Take that and turn it upside down and you have truth. If you don't trust God with all that you are and all that you have, you're going to get ripped off. If you will trust him with all that you are and all that you have, he will not allow you to be ripped off. He will make sure that you're well taken care of. He has promised to provide for you, to protect you, to withhold nothing good from you. He has also promised that when you go through tragedy and hardship, as everyone eventually does in this fallen, broken, imperfect world, that he will take it and turn it and make it bless you. I love that. You know, like I've said so many times before, He doesn't promise to fix your circumstances. He promises to fix you.
0: The body of Christ is so blessed with the technologies that God has given us these days. Being able to share Bible teaching through the radio is wonderful. A couple of other great resources are Facebook and Twitter. For most of us, these resources are part of our everyday lives. And we want to be a part of that experience with you each day. Log on to MainThingRadio.com and follow the link to the Calvary Chapel Miami Beach Facebook page. It would be great if you like our page and become our friend. Also, we invite you to follow our Twitter feed. We share information about upcoming studies at Calvary Chapel Miami Beach, encouraging scriptures, and much more. So please check out MainThingRadio.com, our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Now, to receive a copy of this message, please log on to mainthingradio.com where you'll find the Main Thing Radio media player. You can listen to today's message, download today's message, or subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast. Finally, we'd also like to ask that you consider supporting Main Thing Radio. We've provided a secure option to give towards the ongoing expenses of this ministry at mainthingradio.com. Simply click the donate button You've been listening to Main Thing Radio, the teaching ministry of Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Tune in next time for another edition of Main Thing Radio.